Hello and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the podcast where each episode we delve into cinema sewer and pluck out the very grossest turds for your viewing or I guess in this case listening pleasure. I am Chris Bolton with me as always Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. Uh, and look, let's just straight off the bat this week, Mark, let, let's get straight down to brass tacks. There is an important question that everyone needs to know the answer to. So let's not fuck around. We're not going to beat about the bush. We're going to go straight into the big, important question. Mark, how funky is your chicken? How loose is your goose? My goose is totally loose. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't know for that intro and by the fact that, of course, it's going to be written on the art and the title of this episode, we are looking at the 1992 original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, before we do anything, I, if you are a regular listener, you will know, but I need to set my stall out early here. It is almost impossible for me to be detached when talking about this film. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I will do my best. Um, it is certainly not wonderful. Um, but this film means an awful, awful lot to me. It's it's going to be... Um, I mean, I've got, for instance, two pages of notes compared... No, two and a bit compared to my usual reams and reams. Uh, <laughs> I I have found fault with this film. Uh, oh, and- yeah. I mean, it, it's it's there. I mean, it, it's it's one of those. Um, I've not watched this film. Fuck. When did I finish my BA? So that would have been 2004. Now, um, I, so I did my dissertation on um, inverted generals in popular culture, focusing mainly on Buffy, but the series, not the film. I was aware of the film. I think I'd seen it like once at that point. So I went out and bought it um, just so I could use it as part of my analysis. Um, watched it maybe twice uh, at that point and then haven't picked it up since. It's been a good 15 years since I'd watched it until yesterday. Um, Credit for knowing the cheer then. I mean... (laughs) Well, I watched it yesterday. Oh, Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. But um, it's it's been there for... It's been stuck in there for a while anyway. But it's one of those that I've not really given much thought to. It's one of those that... There are certain films that you just associate with being shit because you know it's shit and it's... You don't really have to go into too much detail. If you say... if you say you're watching Battlefield, you're like, well, you're watching Alpha, it's crap. Yeah. I'm, watching Mar- I'm watching Mario, we're watching Alpha, it's crap. So, and this is one of those where I've just, through no fault of its own, I've, I've just associated it with being shit, probably because it's not the series. Um, uh, it's, there's a huge gulf between this yeah. and the series, which we're um, bound to get into. Yeah, but, we, we, but again, we, we you, I mean, you're going to have to rein me in slightly on this podcast, where this is not a Buffy the <laughs> Vampire Slayer. Well, I mean, it is. It, it is, but it but, isn't. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean that was it for me. I, it's one of those I've, I bought it. Um, let's say bought it to do my dissertation. I have not watched it in fifteen years until yesterday. Um, and yeah, it's one of those that I've gone into it with certain expectations, and then there are things. So there are, as you said, there are faults with it. It's no, it's not. It's no, it's it's. There was no going to set the world on fire. Um, is it as bad as people made out? I'm not entirely sure. But I mean, we can get into that, um, and we can sort of decide that at the end. I think. Yeah, I mean, I've probably not seen this for about five years um which is probably some kind of record for me actually uh with watching this film but yeah it's certainly been a little while um and yet i still know it like the back of my hand (laughs) unsurprisingly um yes it it does have issues but um i've always even when i first watched it as a 
I would have been about 12 by the time it hit us because I, I very much associate this with the VHS golden era. Mm. Um, and even when I first watched it, and I must have seen this on video before the show came out, obviously, I must have seen this film six, seven, maybe more times. <laughs> um, and even then, I knew it was shit. Um, I, I, and it's shit in the right way. It's shit in the way that we like on this yeah. podcast, just so that we're clear. Um, but I always knew it was shit, um, which is why it was so fucking bizarre to me that we ever got the TV show. Um, and I, unbelievably, I almost didn't watch the TV show because I enjoyed this film so much <laughs> that I was like, oh, that'll be fucking lame. Um, there yeah. was. You know, I remember when I first found out about it, there was there was an initial reaction of, holy shit, you're making a TV show of that? Really? Like, <laughs> I thought I was the one person in the world that liked that. Um, and then it was like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't watch that because it might be shit. Um, thankfully, that never happened. I got persuaded to watch the show yeah. by, uh, by a very good friend of mine um, over in the States, actually, who absolutely insisted that I should watch the show. And so I was there day one, episode one, uh, and the rest is history. Um, but but yeah, there was there was enough at least um, interest from this film for a brand recognition for me initially when the show came out. So it did something. I think it did reasonable business even when it came out. No, um, I mean, it made its money back. It, it had a budget of seven million and it grossed 17-ish. So it's no, it's not bad. It, no, it made its money back, and you know, it's not it's uh, not like the turkeys we've looked at thus far. No, I mean it's it's films like this. I think that that sadly are missing uh, from from popular culture today. You know, everything's a fucking Avengers or a Star yes. Wars, or yeah. it's a, a super micro budget film now. But there's no there's no like seven, eight, nine, ten million film that goes straight to VHS anymore because VHS no. isn't a, a thing. Um, and and even Netflix now is, is rolling in super high budget stuff. Um, well, yeah, and I, you know, I, I say straight to VHS. This did have a theatrical release, but it it very much this is a VHS classic through and yeah. through. This belongs in a video shop. And if the title doesn't tell you that, then I don't know what will. <laughs> to be honest, um, well, I mean, it's interesting actually you say that um, on the DVD um, because I was putting off watching the film yesterday. Um, there's a couple of featurettes on the DVD, and there's um, there's one where they're all talking about the film, and so, no, they're talking about their characters. And Donald Sutherland, um, his first thing is, I didn't tell anybody I was in a film called Buffy the Vampire Slayer because they think I'd have gone fucking mad. Now, now, yeah, um, here's a thing about being a Buffy fan. Um, it's <laughs> there is definitely a level of detachment that you have to have from that title. Um, I especially remember, I think it's okay now because it's yeah. become such a pop cultural phenomenon and I'm older now and could give two fucks whether you're concerned about what I like or not. Um, but certainly I was with the show, as I say, day one. Um, and so we're going back to in this country, uh, I would have been 17 when it aired. Now, as a 17-year-old boy trying to trying to convince everyone else because the show almost died on its ass. And I, in this country especially, I mean, very nearly died on yeah. its ass. It got pulled from Sky, um, and I was very active in actually getting it back on Sky. Uh, now, now, trying to tell people that they should watch a TV show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not an easy thing to do, especially well, yeah. for a seventeen-year-old boy. And especially if you're trying to explain the premise that it's it's about a cheerleader who kills vampires. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's not, I mean, that's nigh on impossible anyway. Um, but yeah, so you put that, that's a um, demographic into it. I mean, fuck, that must have been a challenge and a half. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is quite, as I that was quite telling. And I think that of all the, on, if you look on the DVD, so there's, there aren't many features on it, but there's this feature out about them where they're talking about who they're playing and what, you know, what it's about. And, um, Swanson and Luke Perry are absolutely straight down the middle of this song. This is this is their bread and butter. They're, not, they're all business. And then Donald Sutherland's like, I'm in a fucking film about a cheerleader called Buffy. Yeah, I mean, Donald Sutherland was, um, if you take Joss's word for it anyway, which you, you've no reason not to, but well, obviously yeah. he's he's got some issue with this film. Um, Donald Sutherland was absolutely a complete and utter prick. For the entire production of this film, he was getting um, paid. That's that's why he was there. It was uh, yeah, but he he was rewriting lines on set uh, because he didn't agree with them. It, he just wasn't doing as he was told. Um, just just an uh, he he regarded the project almost with utter contempt. Yeah, uh, but by the sound of it, um, which is a shame because he's actually very very good in it. Um, the film I think is actually. Uh, at its best when you get Donald Sutherland and Christy Swanson bouncing off each other yes. um, on her own. She's hard work, if I'm honest. Uh, but that, of course, is also because she, even though she was my first Buffy, <laughs> she will never be my Buffy, nor will she be anyone else's Buffy. She's, no, the, that's she's right. the proto Buffy. Um, yeah, I mean, she, she's the unaired pilot, effectively. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm still quite active in the community, and uh, one of the Facebook groups I'm in described her whilst having a rant about her a few weeks ago as the rough draft Buffy. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's quite interesting. I mean, it's it's quite funny because when you look back when you watch this one being as familiar as we are with the show there there is quite a lot of the show in there and so, so her relationship with Merrick is very similar to the relationship with Giles um, and how that progresses um, and I think that the the only thing that put me off was the the a lot of her dialogue or a lot of a lot of her speech. It's her it was, performance and her delivery of those lines. The lines themselves, most mo- of them, most of them are fine. Um, it's the little bits like where it's no, she adds man and things like that to the end of a sentence. It's very, um, yeah, it's very nineties. It is, and, um, it, and me, it's aged in it, a it way always, that the show hasn't. Yeah, it reminds me of Clueless. Yeah, um, oh, very much so. It's, it's, it's that girl. same. Yeah, yeah, it's that same almost of making up words or and just putting the, the intonation in the wrong place on the at the end of a sentence, so it goes up instead of down. Yeah. And it just really, it always fucks me off anyway because it's just not the way it's supposed to be done. But it things like that annoyed me with it. Um, whereas, I mean, there's, there's the an element the sh- of the, sorry, there's an element of the character that gets yeah. lost there as well because of that. I mean, in in the show, um, Buffy is by no means an, an honor student. No, uh, she is she is a, a ditzy blonde on occasion, but she's never ever stupid. Ever, no. she's the furthest thing from it. Uh, and and this Buffy absolutely is as thick as two short planks. Yeah, I mean, in in the show, you do, you get you do get a lot, especially in the early early show early, early seasons, um, where you do still get Buffy being quite vacuous and quite superficial, but, but nowhere never, near this level. Never stupid is no. the thing. No, this um, is it. And I mean, you know, even... you wouldn't you wouldn't get lines like uh, you know, there's the ozone uh, layer exchange in here where she's yeah. like, yeah, we should totally get rid of that. Yeah, you just wouldn't get that. But there are, having said all of that, 
Um, maybe some of that was played for. I certainly, I believe that to be in Joss's script because the same gag makes its way into the origin series that Dark Horse did as a right. comic book. So, so that suggests that it's in the actual script. Um, and the thing is, I mean, lines like that do fit the character. Uh, yeah. uh, as, as portrayed in the film it's just obviously the way it's the character the evolves delivery of as well yeah but th- i mean there are moments and i'll i'll point them out as we come to them because they always excite me that there definitely are moments where she clicks with the character yeah, yeah definitely um, I, I, and and it works but yeah, for I mean, the majority of the time she doesn't unless unless she's with merrick um her yeah. relationship with merrick always works well i think yeah um but look let's you know I'm going to make no bones about it. This, for me, is the Luke Perry show. Yes. Um, he's fucking fantastic. He's fucking Pike. prime. He's, he's prime Dylan at this point as well. Yeah. You know, he's, he's peak of his powers. and yeah. He absolutely is. He's he's magnetic to watch. Um, I, I think Pike is actually arguably the hero of the film. Um, he's a character I, I actually love dearly uh, and does occasionally make an appearance in the extended Buffyverse, uh, which always excites me. Um, so yeah, th- this for me was always more about Luke Perry than it was Christy Swanson. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's fair. I mean, he, he does very much steal it. Um, it. It's a it's a very it's a very typical Joss script though, because it, in places it's very poignant. But then when you're trying to lift the mood, you don't rely on your leads to then go from being utterly devastated and heartbroken to being you know, telling gags and cracking jokes. So the fact you've got that Luke, that that's a Luke Perry character, you had it with Xander as well in, in the series, that you can have that not quite comic relief because that's what Paul Rubens was for, but there's just something to take an edge off what's going on while you've still got your lead on on screen. Yeah, I mean, Paul Rubens, very close second in terms of running away with his film, oh, by the way. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I, his death scene is fucking legend. <laughs> yes, I'd forgotten which... about it, actually. I, it's, it's in the trailer. Um, oh, and it's, yeah, it's hilarious. brilliant. And then... Um, obviously, it's in the coder as well, which I'd forgotten about um, yeah. completely. So yeah, I mean that. I mean Paul Rubens, yeah, very very funny as well. Um, the one thing I did find with this actually is that again, because of familiarity with the show, there are a lot of elements which do make it into the first season, um, and I think that it, it's it's good in the way that they got to explore some of the stuff that was done in, in the is, film. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Um, a, a lot of my issue with the film uh, is rated within. The first two episodes of season one of the show, uh, I believe that's a conscious choice. Yes. Um, Joss, again, I, I don't think those elements, you know, as much as I'm a Whedonite, um, knowing the story behind this and knowing the subsequent things that have come after it, um, I can make intelligent guesses as to what was in the text and what wasn't. Um, Dark Horse released a three issue miniseries way back when. Um, based on Joss's original script, Christopher Golden uh, adapted it and gave us a a truer version of Joss's original script. But a lot of the issues are still in there. They're not as prevalent. Um, But, you know, I mean, let's get into it then. We're 16 minutes in and we're still talking around Buffy in general, and I'm I'm sure we'll come back to that as well. But to get into the the meat and bones of the film, um, the two biggest problems for me, um, and look, I use the phrase problem fairly lightheartedly here i i look I, i'm not going to bury the lead i i don't hate this film and never have and don't think it's possible to for, for me anyway but the, you know i i do recognize the problems um the two biggest ones one is that it it tonally is just wrong 
it's all comedy and no horror. Um, yeah. Which is a, a huge problem um, and is, is something the show writes immediately. Um, you know, the show treads that line very well. It's never truly scary, but it is horrific and atmospheric. Um, well, regularly. I think it's, it's the atmosphere. Isn't it? I mean, I think it's it's important to remember as well. I mean, up until this point, Joss's main work had been on Roseanne. He was a, a writer on Roseanne, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, still I didn't sp- stop him actually basically telling everyone to stick this up their ass and walking away from it, though. Well, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's one of those where you think, well, not not saying he wasn't capable of, because I mean, we, we saw straight away with the show what he was capable of, but writing in a particular style and, and trying to appeal to a, a market that was going to sell. I mean, we're at a stage where comedy horrors weren't really a thing. You'd had the, the really sort of the schlocky things like um, Brain Dead and stuff like that. And we come away from that. And then we were into either serious horrors or quote well, unquote I mean, serious don't forget, by this, by this point, we'd had, and, and this, I think, is where the issue comes in. Uh, we've had Lost Boys. We've had Fright Night. We've had Near Dark. Um, it, and, and so it's got all of those to draw off. But it, it sort of, yeah. I mean, it's a very fine line to walk comedy and horror and yes. Joss does it exceptionally well but he also adds lashings and lashings of drama on top as well like he does character drama exceptionally well yeah um and that's where this starts to get lost it gets too sucked into the teen high school comedy and it doesn't give us enough of the horror and they completely miss the fact that the horror and and this is where the show works so well and why it's so often referenced and imitated. Um, what they missed at the show nail was the fact that all of that horror is born out of the high school experience specifically in this world. Um, and there's there's none of that, none of it in here. Um, that's one problem. The other huge, huge, huge problem, even bigger than that, because that's just a stylistic one. And this yeah. this is in the script. What do any of these characters want well yeah that like lothos doesn't appear to want anything really other well, than kill the slayer because well yeah it's it's a fucking strange one because it even that it, it's almost as if he doesn't want to kill her he just kind of i mean rutger how is the worst thing in this film by a country mile and i I love Rutger Hauer. Yeah. I think he is a phenomenal actor. He's another one who is on a payday. Uh, uh, he's He is absolutely chewing scenery in the worst imaginable way here. Yeah. Like, he's got some real fucking big Dracula energy in this thing. Yeah, and definitely. it's not called for. Never mind the pedo tash. Um, yeah. It's, he's fucking dreadful. He's the worst thing about the film. I actually lay a lot of blame for the the quality of this film you know the the bad things are are him like he is not a scary villain he is not horrific um again if you read the origin comic immediately when you're when you're introduced to Lothus he is absolutely just this snarling drooling he's like a master level vampire he's evil incarnate um and he's yeah. not that here at all no he's, he's not and i think this here. is I was going to say, he's, he's Campus Christmas. Um, and that, this was something that bugged me as well, because we get this, I mean, again, it's difficult to separate the, the two products, but I mean, wait, if you look at the, the law that came with uh, came with the show and also with the extended universe stuff, killing a Slayer is like a big thing. 
but from this, he no, he's just, yeah, killed, this, he's just fucking wiped out generations of them, and it, it's nothing to him. So no, this, this is the thing. Now I know, and you know, as as fans of the universe, that Slayer Blood, Slayer Blood is incredibly powerful, and so I can make the leap that he just wants to kill the Slayer because he wants Slayer Blood. Hell, that's used in the show. Yeah. All the time when Spike was first introduced, that was it. That was his whole resin doctor. I like to kill slayers. Um, but, you know, this is this is a film, and so it needs motivation. Buffy especially needs some sort of call to action, yeah. which she never really gets. She just suddenly decides after punching Merrick across the room that, okay, fuck it, I'll be a vampire slayer. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, but, right. but I mean, like, you know, in the in the show, then when when we get the pilot, we along with it comes the harvest. Yeah. And so there is instantly something that our hero has to stop. There is a yeah. hurdle in her way. There is a quest to be completed. And the villain wants something as well. The master needs to be released from his time bubble thing. Yeah, um, and, 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 and there's an the element of that here as well, um, where Paul Rube, I, I don't quite, I, to me it wasn't quite clear um, why uh, they were resurrecting him. He's building an army for, for Lothus, yeah, and he's feeding him and stuff. Again, that's better explained in the Origin series. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was kind of, I kind of missed that one. Um, it's, it was just... it's one scene here when you first, uh, when you don't even see no, you see his hand you coming see, out of the um, his hand coming the out of the coffin, yeah, um, and it and it is very poorly handled. Um, in fact, you know the the direction in general, um, for the most part in this film is horrendous. Now and again, this is the weird thing about this film. Okay, is now and again, um, it absolutely understands what it is and it nails it. The opening, for instance, hmm. is phenomenal. So, so you get the the opening in the Dark Ages, and you're introduced yeah. to what a Slayer is, yes. and everything. And then she thrusts up like a, like the the dagger, yeah. And you instantly smash cut to the pom pom going yeah. up in the air, and it's like there it is. You you absolutely understand what this film is in that yeah. moment, and they nail it. And then you get the titles framed around the cheer sequence, yeah. And it all looks very good. Something incidentally that would be ripped off in Guardians of the Galaxy some <laughs> 20 years later. That wasn't no, original. Of course not. Here it was. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so, you know, it, there are times like that where they absolutely get it right. And then there are other times where it's so far off the reservation that it's unbelievable. And, and you have to kind of wonder, you know, was that the app, the, the division between stuff they saw early when Joss was there <laughs> having words yeah. and stuff after he'd gone, you know what? Fuck you guys. Uh, yeah. You can have my ball, but I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing because... is, I mean, it's, it's got to be quite difficult. It must be quite difficult as well, because for him to walk out in the middle where it was only a five week shoot, because um, yeah. it was done um, to accommodate um, um, Luke Perry doing Beverly Hills 9210. So it was, they had a very finite amount of time anyway. So for him to at some point go, you know what? Fuck this noise! I've had enough, and walk off. I mean, Christ, surely you can put up, you put up with most things for five weeks. Yeah, I mean, it must be pretty fucking bad. I, I and I think to be fair, when you look at the difference in this vision, the majority of the time to what we get in the show, hmm. you can probably understand that. I think what's even more frustrating is is now we know. Obviously, at this time, as you say, Joss was just somebody who'd written a few episodes of Roseanne. Um, 
now we know what a talented filmmaker and storyteller he is, not just a writer. Um, and so I think to be to have that level of creativity and that level of talent and to have something that you believe in and you know can be successful and you're proud of and to be sat there watching the fucking guy responsible for Power Rangers fucking it up. Yeah. Like, you know. Because <laughs> I'm right in thinking the, the Kazoos were, um, they were producers on the show, weren't they? Yeah, well, they, they technically still hold yeah, the rights. Yeah, they always don't. Yeah. Reboot is happening without Joss and without well, maybe some of the cast now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they are technically the rights holders, not... That's right, yeah, I remember seeing that a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bizarre one, and like I said, the... The, the direct you've, you've got to wonder with the direction because some of the some of the choices i mean i say paul rubens was phenomenal david arquette was doing a very poor paul rubens impression for half the film which i thought was just fucking shocking yeah david arquette's pretty good in it though to be fair as good as david arquette can be um i was, it, I was gonna say you, the, you're talking about the, the, the former star you know most of the cast are good yeah they they, they they do relatively well. I mean, you are talking about the former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, don't forget. He's got, got to have some chops about him. Well, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, just when he's before he's turned, he's he's just your atypical slacker and he offers absolutely nothing. And then once he's turned, he again, you just get fuck all out of him. It's a bit like he's, um, I don't know, just like a, a very poor. Um, a very poor Nosferatu sub, uh, substitute. Well, it's. I mean, the the stuff with him is all is lifted almost entirely out of the Lost Boys. Um, no, no two ways about it. Now, again, the origin handles it slightly better. I don't believe it was intended in the manner that it was delivered, but it was certainly the way it was directed. Um, mm. And look, I don't want to jump all over Fran Kazooie's dick here. A poor choice of words. It's a lady director, but hey, you know. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to jump down a throat. Then, if you like, um, as I said, I think there are moments of brilliance here, and certainly without this, you know, we don't get what we have. You know, it, whether Joss agrees with it or not, that the genesis of that product is here. You don't yeah. get the TV show without the film. Yeah, you don't get was, the extended universe without it either. No, there was there was brand recognition there, as you say. The Kazooies are still involved. Frank Kazooie never went on to work on the TV show in in any kind of creative way, as such. Um, but they were still very much involved. So, you know, some credit where it's due. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like there's a certain amount where she didn't really understand what this was supposed to be. And so went, Oh, I know what's popular, you know, much in the same way that you would produce TV, much in the way that power Rangers was a rehash of Japanese shows. It's like, oh, okay, well, Lost Boys was popular. Let's do that. Whereas in all actuality, and, and Joss will be the first to admit it, it, it's it's closer to Near Dark than Lost Boys, and that was his his touchstone in yeah. writing it. Um, in fact, there's a again when when Luke Perry died just last year, I remember um, Joss recounting their, their first meeting, and they discussed Near Dark. That's how he knew that he would be right for Pike. Mm. Um, so there you go. Um, but. Yeah, it's it just kind of loses its way. I think is is the problem, and it loses its way quite often. But I mean, to kind of jump through it slightly, then because again, we're kind of talking around the issue. I've talked about the, the pom pom shot and stuff, and all yeah. of that is just dope. I mean, I'm just instantly into this film. But then they screw it immediately because they step on what is 
clearly intended to be quite a tight gag in the script and and is in the comic where because we've had the extended cheer sequence for the credits we lose the gag of going from dark ages to light ages yeah which by i thought time, was absolutely brilliant by the time we get to california the light ages um we've had all of the credits so we've kind of missed it in that smash cut to the pom-pom unfortunately. yeah um yeah, but so as, we, a, as a gag i thought was absolutely brilliant yeah, it is. It's great, uh, and it's and it's from the script, as I say. It's it's still there, um, but there you go. And uh, just quickly talking about the cast as well. Mm. Um, she's in like about the sixth or seventh shot, but like, look, Oscar winner Hilary Swank is in this movie. Well, there's, there's a couple. Of Oscar got... winner Ben Affleck is. Well, in yeah, this movie. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> confess this. I mean, I I texted you last night. I'd f- I'm fairly sure when I watched it, I would have realised it was Ben Affleck, but it's been 15 years and he's in one shot. So I t- entirely forgotten he was in there. Hilary Swanker, um, I recognise from the trailer before watching She's it. He's got a sizable part, to be fair. Yeah. Um, also, you, um, Seth Green is in it, which I didn't realise. Well, kind of. He's mostly yeah. cut. Um, if you know what Seth Green looks like, you can see him. He's yeah. in about two shots. Yeah, he's uncredited again, but um, same, as, same as Affleck, but he, he is in there. Yeah. Um, Ricky Lake is in there, who was again relatively popular at the time, certainly in America, not so much here. Um, and yeah, it was it was no, it was reasonable. No, it was a reasonably assembled cast. Now you look at some of the names you've got there. You know, you've got some young rising stars, like Hilary Swank in particular, as you said. Um, so yeah, it, no, they, they've got they've gone out and they've they've put a bit of effort in this. It's not as if they've gone out. Oh, this is just some fucking crappy teen movie. We'll just throw it out. Um, as was becoming a bit of a trend. I mean, the 80s was kind of the pinnacle for teen movies with things like John Hughes and stuff, and the stuff he did. And what largely went away until you, they then brought back things like American Pie, where this, they then re, they tried to reinvent the genre and just make it as gross as things like Porky's had been in back in the day. So, I mean, this was kind of the end of that period. But they went, well, we could just piss this away or we could just we could actually try and do it properly. And that's what they've done. Whether or not people agree with the product is is by the by. They've, they've gone out. No, nobody sets out to make a bad product anyway. We've discussed this before, um, but they've gone into this and gone. You know what? This is no. This is going to be all right. And it just bits of it haven't translated properly. I think is the problem for me. It is all right. Um, I watching it now, uh, as I say, for the first time in about five years, which really is quite a long time for me. Um, I definitely see more fault now than I have done previously. Still didn't stop me enjoying the hell out of it. Um, But I I see more fault in it now. I mean, even just down to some of the, again, some of the technical stuff. um, This opening sort of 10, 15 minutes is just shot like a fucking TV show. And I mean that as an insult, not a credit. I'm not saying like it's like the TV show. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a very atypical. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all short, static scenes. Very short. Like it's all over the fucking shop. Um, it's like it's like we're doing an episode of fucking Game of Moans. In fact, you watch it; it's like scene, 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 and it just jumps around all over the shop. There yeah. are some horrible fucking cuts. The cut, the initial cut in the clothes store where they're walking out of the clothes store and they're even in different fucking clothes, yeah, um, is horrendous. Um, and then yeah, you get all of these short scenes introducing you to all of these characters who actually are pretty much forgettable. Yeah. Um, we get the the questionable. 90s attitude um towards the the male gaze uh, and yes. the female form uh where she leans across the car and you get oh man can i borrow her um that lines in the script that lines in the origin it is not handled in that way 
this is one of those examples where when Joss says he was watching his vision just get decimated, like it is not handled like that at all. It's not all grabby and it it is delivered um, on the page in the comic um, in a kind of throwaway offhand way. There's not a big thing about it. Yeah, well, um, it's it's a very I mean it's a very big part of that scene, and it 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 sort of pays off later on where um, he slaps her on the ass and she tries to break his arm. So I mean, you well, it, you, it, you do does, get a bit of yeah. evolution that way, but yeah, it's just one of those you watch it and you go, really? I mean, it's the same. I mean, um, Molly Ringwald did an interview a couple of years ago um, talking about um, John Hughes, and she made a I made a comment about um, Breakfast Club where I think oh, um, oh fuck, John Nelson's character tries to get under a skirt. Um, yeah. and she, the comment she made was she finds it very difficult to reconcile the fact that John Hughes was so capable of delivering such absolute poetry in terms of his characters, but at the same time not understanding people at all. As it, and and that that's of that scene where she's leaning over the car and the guy's um, he's struggling not to grab her ass because it's right in front of his face. Like it's just one of those you think it's it's of its time, and you just look at it and go no. You can't do that. No, and it's, and it's not excusable to say it's obvious time. And no, because more, it was, more than anything it's never else. socially acceptable. No. I mean, I mean <coughs> even even though it would have been passed off as you know, being playful or whatever else, it's still completely inappropriate. It's still something that, for all the people who say, oh, it's of its time, have yourself a daughter. And then think, yeah. that, that's your daughter, and that's somebody grabbing her ass because, you know, just because it's there. And then tell me it's acceptable, regardless yeah. of what era you're in. Yeah, there's, there's two things here for me. Um First and foremost, um, just on a on a script level, on a on a character level, as as we're looking at this at, at surface levels, we're looking at it. Um, even this Buffy, never mind my Buffy, mm. even this Buffy would absolutely hand him his fucking ass the second that hand got anywhere near it. Even at this point, mm. like yes, yeah, she's a bit vapid, but again, she is. She knows who she is. You know, um, she's not just going to put up with some random creep getting his hands all over and now my buffy would absolutely fucking break his nose on the steering wheel no yeah. two ways about it um and we kind of get that later on so yeah that pays off the other thing unfortunately and this is why i was so keen to mention that it's handled better in the comic and it, mm. you hit the nail on the head there with john hughes like okay uh they have since uh, the show ended um, been a lot of accusations leveled at Joss Whedon um, yes. I uh, don't get me wrong like we're not talking any kind of me too level shit no, no, no. Here, but there was certainly some questionable behavior uh, or, or certainly there is alleged to have been some very questionable behavior on set behind the scenes and some very questionable attitudes towards women uh, on, on Joss's set Um Again, played off much in the way that John Hughes did of just like, well, I didn't understand that was wrong. Um, I I find them very hard to accept, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but I don't know. You see stuff like this and you think, well, that came from somewhere. You know, yeah. that, that line came from somewhere. That came from a place. Um I don't know. It certainly is handled better in the in the comic book, which leads me to think it was handled better in the script. And this is just poor direction. But Maybe. I mean, it is what it is. It's a very unfortunate moment. And it's the first thing here that really, really sticks in my teeth in this film. Well, not. I mean, not only that. I mean, you you get the the line in this of the the behavior of the two guys in the car, but also, I mean, while this is going on, um, Pike walks up to the car, is about to say something. 
and turns around and fucks off. And it's that sort of thing. <laughs> there's, there's, bless you. Um, like there's 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 a reluctance to intervene, and that's something we've seen. Um, it's, obviously, this has come out a lot with the Me Too and all sorts of the last couple of years. But there is a, a general acceptance that, well, you know what? There's, we just don't want to get involved. And if I don't get involved, if I don't say anything, then nobody can say I was no, I was complicit because I just I'll keep my mouth shut and everything will go away. Um, and there's a, like it's, it's in it's in even in the trailer actually where he walks up to the car. He raises his hand, his fingers up to say something, and then he just bends his finger back down into his fist, turns on his heels, and fucks off again. And again, it's that sort of thing where, as you said, it must have come from somewhere. If it's in the script or if it's just in the direction or wherever else, at some point, somebody must have thought, you know what? That's something we need to do. That's something that's you know, that will say something. And what yeah. it actually just says is that we're entirely fine with this because she'll sort, she'll, she'll sort herself out. She'll come into her own later on, and we need to make her a victim in order to make to, for her to come through. And that doesn't translate at all. It's just condoning something which is just fucking stupid. And again, it's also that complete mishandling of the character. You know, I, I said earlier on that yeah. Buffy, as she's portrayed in the show, is is never stupid. Um, she's occasionally a victim, um, but not to this level. Um, no. And she always manages to find a way around that. And it's generally that she's been a victim of circumstance than anything else. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah, it, it is certainly not right to victimise her in, in this way, and it's certainly not something that I think rings true to the character. No. Um, but, look, yeah, that is what it is. Unfortunately, it's there. Um, these short scenes, about the best thing I can say about them, really, is they introduce us to Pike. <laughs> and they're short. Uh, yeah, and, and from the first minute we see him in the in the in the movie theater he's he's just he's great he's wonderful he steals every scene he's in if you ask me he's fucking magnetic to watch yeah um, yeah definitely he's he's wonderful um so yeah um i've already my next note just is me gushing about pike for a little bit which i've already done um now merrick right we get introduced yeah. to merrick uh Again, now this is one of those things that plays differently in, in the comic, and I I do not understand how anybody directed this scene to happen this way, because Merrick literally watches Benny get eaten. Yeah, literally, like Vamp pulls him over the wall and bites him, and Merrick just yeah he watches. does nothing. Yeah, he doesn't it's, intervene. It's, he he, it's, it's quite funny because he's driving up, and you see obviously um, Pike's fallen to the floor and he's pissed. Um, Benny sat on the wall giggling and all the rest of it. Um, Paul Rubin's character, whose name I'm going to try and pronounce, um, oh no, it's, it's not as bad as I thought, Amelin, isn't it? I thought I was going to say something else. Then. So he he then no, floats up behind him, his hand over his mouth, tilts his head and bites him and drags him backwards over the wall. At which point, Merrick rolls into shot at about three miles an hour, lights full on exactly where Benny just was. There's no fucking way he didn't see that. But instead of trying to do anything, he just gets out of the car, calls you and goes, Oh, this is a bad place to sleep, young man. Come with me. And puts Pike in the car. I said, what? This is your fucking sacred duty. Yeah. And you've done nothing. You've just let him die. It's just wrong for any iteration of what that character should be, let alone the the deeper law. Um, There's no way any member of the council would let that happen. No, that's right. It's it's wrong. Um, it doesn't go down like that in the comic at all. He does at least attempt to save him. Yeah, um, there's just nothing in it. I mean, we've seen him in a couple of a couple of shots before as well, where like they're in the mall and he sort of tries to get you know, to get in the elevator and you know, Buffy basically steps the fuck off. Um, so we we have you no know, we have met we've seen him but we've not been introduced. This is the first introduction we get, 
And for all the stuff he'll talk about later on about now he's done this job for a hundred lifetimes and all the rest of it, he just doesn't seem to give a fuck. No. Um another of my wider issues with with this film. Um and I say what do these characters want and things. Merrick is very careful to give this whole speech about how he is a watcher. He doesn't intervene. Yeah. Uh, it's never exactly explained why he doesn't intervene. Um, but for some reason, he feels the need in this film to intervene on Buffy's behalf because he seems to feel that she's different and and special. Yeah. Um, now, we know that to be true from what we know since. And also um, because they gave her a movie. Yeah, but... There's nothing to suggest that she's any different to no, any of the other Slayers whatsoever. in this film. I mean, if if anything, I mean, we've got there's a scene comes up later on where she's so saying, "Oh well, how do you know I know I'm I'm not your chosen one? How, how can I be? I'm I'm just a a cheerleader." And he, you know, he said, "Oh well, yeah, no, you are, no, you're vacuous and stupid and superficial and all the rest of it." And it's like, well, what is it that you see in her that's special? Because you see what the rest of us see, which is a complete fucking idiot at this point. Um, I know exactly what it is. It's just not explained uh, what it is that he sees. Um, and I only know this because I know the deep law um, and it's not explained in the film. She should have been trained from a very, very young age, which yeah. he continually tells us. Um, yes. So she should, by this point in her life, if she hasn't been killed already, be a fucking Terminator. Essentially, she should be a, a killing machine. Um, she shouldn't have a social life. She shouldn't have a sense of humor. She shouldn't worry about what anyone thinks of her. Um, she should be a killing machine. Uh, see Kendra, the vampire slayer, for yeah. instance, from the show. Um, but she's not that. She has emotions and they make her strong. Um, and she's not afraid to fight back. And And he realizes that that's just the thing, that willpower and that charisma is going to be just the thing that helps her to break through Lothos's thrall. Yeah, uh, I, I, which I is, get that. Which is where every other slayer is from. But that is not at any point explained or insinuated throughout this script. I get that through multiple repeat viewings and a deep, deep knowledge of this universe. Well, that's what I was going to say, because you, 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 you started that entire point with was... I, I'm familiar because I'm familiar with the law. As I said, that's fine, but it's not in the fucking film. No, absolutely not. No, it no, does I'm not come across. It, it does not, not come across in the film it, at no. all because I, I was attacking it, not defending. Yeah, yeah that's right. It, it, and what you said is right. It, it doesn't come up in the film at all. She, no, he hasn't had a chance to see her emotions and her strength and all the rest of it because he's seen her at her vacuous, blondest, cheerleadering us best, and that's it. He's seen yeah. nothing of actual character, or actual worth in her, apart from the fact she can do some fucking backflips. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing. We don't the sacrifice that he makes, um, and the 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 relationship between them, um, like their relationship does work. As I say, I think they're very very good together, but it it never gets to take root in the way that a Buffy Giles relationship yeah. takes root. They, you know, it never gets to be that paternal bond that that he has with her that that Giles has with his Buffy, um. Mm. Because we just don't get the character development. And that is possible within the confines of a 90-minute film, easily. Um, again, if you know the deep law, there's, there's stuff there with Merrick that can be drawn on. But they don't. They don't go there. Um, 
so it's just lost you know it's it's lost and again these are things that i'm sure they don't really make their way into the origin either but i'm sure joss at least knew in writing the script and and would have known to play for if nothing else um but unfortunately we don't get it what we do get though and it is my next note is is the chemistry between them Hmm. whether donald sutherland saying the words on the page or not um the chemistry between them is good they do pop yeah um, and you know the film kind of takes off once once they're together um, it, it does but again i mean we've talked about this in things before and we've talked about it in smpd we've talked about it in this but there's just there's just a a general acceptance of things as soon as somebody tells you something you go all right then so he he tells her she's a vampire slayer she makes a quip about no does elvis talk to you and oh fuck it, yeah why not now, this is one of those moments, though, where, like, yes, she shouldn't agree so early. But this is one of those moments with, with the two of them where, and I think it's the first time in this film, where you really see Buffy. Yeah. You really see her, where she's giving him she's giving him shit over it. Like, all right, creepy old man, do you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. just get out of my face. Yeah, and, and that side of it I liked. And so, that, I mean, it's, it's quite odd watching it because you watch it equating it to Sir Michelle Gellar. There are, you can there are put, lines in this film, yeah, unquestionably, you, where they're coming yeah, out can, of Christy Swanson's yeah. mouth and they have her diction, but there is no way I can hear them with any other delivery than Sarah Michelle Gellar's. Yeah. And it's not that she's spoken them in the show, it's just that it's they just are... It's just the way, this is the such, way they're, they're said. It's Joss's writing is what yeah. it is, and it's it's Buffy, it's the character. Yeah. And, and, and that's the I, I, I really can't liked, hear and... any other voice for Buffy and, and never will, even yeah. if they reboot it. So, right. and I mean, and that's something I, I thought was really good. And I said, the, their, their interactions are fine, but again, it's just the thing of you know, not just the fact that there are vampires. We, we live in a world where actually there are vampires, and which means there could potentially be werewolves and demons and all this other shit. There are vampires. Vampires are a real thing and they can kill it. And there's a spate of deaths going on at the moment, which nobody seems to be fucking talking about because they're all fucking high school kids. But there's a spate of deaths where people yeah, we are don't, being... We don't, they don't ask why. That's another thing like this. Yeah. That's his question. Um, well, that's it. So the, the, this is going on and nobody's that fucking bothered. And then a guy says, your, your destiny is to kill vampires. So not only does she accept that there are vampires without any sort of empirical proof, but then creepy old man says, come to the graveyard... And within like five seconds, he's convinced her to go to the graveyard with him. I mean, that's the weird bit for me. I I get the initial interest because he's managed he manages to completely recount her dreams to her. Yes, like like word for word in in intense detail. So he clearly knows something about her. Yeah. But then for a creepy old man in a trench coat and a pedo hat to then yes. say, "Why don't you come to the graveyard with me?" and she's like, "Eh, yeah, okay." Um, yeah, again, again it, it doesn't ring true, does it? Not my Buffy. No, absolutely not. <laughs> she would absolutely just not do it, would she? Um, but, you know, we got to move the film on, so she does. But, the, you know, there is a world where you can get her there in a yeah. couple of scenes' time, you know? Um, even if she follows him herself and ends up at the graveyard. And yeah. if he's got... If he was a more active watcher then, if he was a better watcher, if because she's not doing it, he decides that he's going to have to go and yeah, he's gonna have to stake some vamps on his own and get into some shit and she's got to bail him out. Like, yeah, there you go. There's a way to do that. Um, but we don't take that. Instead, we go to the graveyard. She sits on a fresh grave. He knows it's a fresh grave. Blah-de-blah. Yeah. Um, and we get our first sort of vamp fight, if you like. 
Yeah. Um, it's fucking terrible, isn't it? The action in this film is it's, fucking it, awful. It is awful. It's and then you get the whole thing where they kill the vampires by sticking them in the heart, but then nothing happens. They just kind of fall over. Um, and it's, it's just one of those you go... And I think it's part just of its expectation. Yeah, we're used part to of dusty. Yeah, part of it's the expectation that you expect them to just explode into dust. But it just looks so fucking amateurish, doesn't it? And, a $7 and it, million dollar movie, dude. Um, well, yeah, that's it. But I mean, there's I'll, some... I'll take that. I'll, I'll take the fact they don't explode and stuff. Like, yeah, I'll, I mean... I'll take that. But I mean, just even the mechanism that there's there's one, I think it's a bit later on, where she stakes one clearly in the fucking armpit. Yeah. Um, and it just you know, clutches the stake and falls over. And then next time you see it, obviously there's a prosthetic stake sticking out. And all that stuff. But it's just, it's just the, the entire fight action part of it is bullshit. Awful, it's fucking awful. terrible. We'll really talk about that when we get to the gym. Um, yes. But yeah, this fight is crap. <laughs> Although I this will... fight does lead to my favorite bit, my, my very favorite joke in the film, and I, I, I think this is one of Joss's. Um, a lot, of, a lot of his jokes. Well, no, a lot of his jokes were taken out and replaced because they were too dark, according to the uh, the entry I've got in front of me. Executive at Fox removed a lot of his gags because they they were too uh, abstract for some of the audiences. And they're a bit, and the darker elements uh, weren't appropriate, and they wanted to like the comedy. But there's a bit after this fight where she's got blood on her face, she's filthy, her hair's all a mess. She she walks into the house, and her mother says, "Do you know what time it is?" And you're oh, expecting yeah. her to be in trouble, and then she says, "I don't know, tennis." And the mother the yeah. mother looks at her wash and goes, "I knew this thing was broken. You pay all that money for what?" And I thought that was that was hilarious because it's it's just so completely fucking random. Yeah. Um... I, I I wondered where you were going with that actually because I was trying to I was trying to place what the gag was but yeah they, it is it, it's, it's a good just gag. a beautiful throwaway gag because and it's I mean again because having seen the show and the the family environment that she came from and the fact that she had a very loving very nurturing mother as opposed to what you get here which I mean are they some sort of fucking socialites or I don't know what her parents are I, I think they're but, meant to be kind of yuppies or something but there is almost. Like, like you say that, but there, there is an element of proto-Joyce in, in this mother as well, in that, you know, you have to bear in mind that for the best part of two seasons, oh, yeah, Joyce let Buffy creep around everywhere, completely clueless, because she was so wrapped up in her job, in the gallery, and everything that was going and, on. And, and that's and that's There's an element of Joyce there as well, where it's like her daughter's coming in at, at 10 o'clock, completely, her clothes are trashed, but she probably me- smells like death. And all she can think is, what time is it? Oh, yeah, my watch is broken because she's so preoccupied. I, I um, don't think Joyce was ever that preoccupied, though, to not notice that actually she was bleeding and she was you know, she was not in a, a fit state. To oh, be they, seen. They, they absolutely call Joyce on it uh, in Becoming, where Buffy just flat out says to her face, how many times have you washed blood out of my clothes? Mm, yeah, true. They, they absolutely call her on it. Like, Joyce is that self-absorbed and clueless for the majority of the first two seasons and that's not to say i i dislike joyce's character i i don't at all um but yeah there's there's definitely an element of, of proto joyce yeah uh, I, I, I think it's it's it, for me it's a long way removed oh yeah no absolutely like they they are more affluent they're obviously they're, they're together she's with hank they you know they're they're a different thing and and again they don't there's there's facets that could be played there that could add to Buffy's character and and push her further down into this cycle of supposed violence as it would come to be seen. Yeah. Um, but they don't go down that route with it either. Um, but you, you know, I I like the parents. They serve their purpose. Um, but yeah, you, there's definitely there's there's early Joyce in there for me. Um, that's, that's one of the things I I clocked for sure. Um, 
one thing that isn't that doesn't make its way through to any other media thank christ and we've skipped over it but i've got a note so we're going back because yeah. it's absolutely the worst thing about this iteration of buffy pms is my warning system oh fuck me yeah uh, i I'd, I'd i'd forgotten all about that and so, so i watched it yesterday mm-hmm. and i remember i remember that came up as a what the fucking it's hell? horrible isn't it? it's horrible horrible i mean talk i mean talk what, about I mean, what, adding what stigma about to that? it i mean yeah. It's just it it's unnecessary for a start. But I mean, it's not if it's played for laughs or if it's played to I don't know, be some 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 form of satire, I don't get it. I just to me it's just fucking insulting. Oh yeah, it is. It's it's insulting to the intelligence of the viewer, it's insulting to the gender, it's <laughs> it's insulting to everyone. It's yeah. and again, it's another one of those things like can I borrow her that you know, you read and you think maybe this stuff about Joss wasn't wasn't entirely made up. Um, oh dear, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was I'd, I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned actually. But yeah, it's just, I remember thinking at the time, thinking, "Fucking how how can you actually say that?" And don't yeah. get me wrong, you know, the early nineties weren't exactly the most enlightened of times, but fucking hell, just the whole concept of it—the fact that cramps basically mean a vampire is near. Um, I. I don't doubt there is some higher level thinking and maybe there is a better version of the script exists where they delve into this a little bit. I still don't think it's a good idea, but I don't doubt there's some higher level thinking about shedding blood there. Yeah, I I mean I, I kinda got that that was my that was my take on it, is that it's no it's to do with it's to do with blood flow, therefore it's there's some form of connection. It's tenuous at best, but fuck me, why would you wanna go down that rabbit hole? Why would you wanna think right we're gonna awful idea. We're going to take something that I mean, there's already a massive stigma about. I mean, just look at the open the carry as an, as your example. There's a massive stigma on it, and no, you you still I mean, Christ, even still now you still have girls who reach puberty and are very embarrassed about this side of their body and all the rest of it, and you you completely dismiss it as being oh yeah, it's not normal at all. It's something so fucking fundamentally unnatural that you know you must be some form of superhuman mystical being to actually experience it. Mm. I, oh, it's just oh, it's so fucking bad. Yeah, not good. Um, yeah, hence bad. Yeah, so we get then we get the um, the whole essentially Lost Boys ripoff scene with Pike and Benny where he's outside yeah. the window. Um, yes, awful scene. Probably the worst one Pike's in. Uh, not his fault. He's fine in it. It's just a bad scene. Yeah, uh, and then we get Rutger Hauer's big entrance. Um, yeah. so some and real it's, it's whole, big Dracula energy going on here. Is the whole point of the scene before with Benny? Is the whole point just to set up the fact that Rutger Hauer is going to fly? Uh, I think the whole point is that it's ripped off directly from the Lost Boys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I literally do. Um, yeah, you probably. I mean, I haven't seen the Lost Boys for years. Um, it's, 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 it's not what I'm as familiar. It, with. It's shot from the opposite angle. As right. in the other side of the room, facing the other way. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's, I say, it's something. It's a film I haven't seen in fucking decades, so it's something I'm probably gonna have to go back to at some point. Um, but yeah, it's just they they did that, and then you get um, the entirely pointless bit where um, Lothos is just in the middle of fucking in the middle of the air for no reason. Well, it's so he can spread his cape out and make a crucifix shape and come down slowly and land. Big Dracula energy, like I said. Yeah, um, but, oh, dreadful. Yeah. 
Yeah, terrible. Uh, absolutely dreadful. Um, and then, of course, Buffy decides she punches Merrick really fucking hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> why not? Why not? I would. Uh, and then decides to become a vampire slayer. So well, we need I a mean, montage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was going to come to that in a minute. But I mean, the, the, the thing is, so, so this is, again, creepy guy in a trench coat and a, and a, and a trail. In the girls, girl's, locker, girl's room. locker room. In the middle of the yeah. fucking day. I'm yeah. sorry, but no. Why is nobody calling bullshit on that for a start? Yeah. Because, you know, he was in there before her because he was in there while the other girl was in there and Buffy came in late. He must have been in there. So he's either, they're either just used to blokes in Max hanging around or he's hiding in a fucking cupboard somewhere, which is even worse. Yeah. It's It's just fucking horrible. And then you get this whole bit where they're sparring and she's saying, no, no, you've got the wrong guy. I can't be, no, I I can't be chosen. And he said, no, you're right. You're vacuous. You're stupid. You're superficial. And he hurls this fucking knife at her and she catches it in front of her face. Yeah. Yes, it's cool. It's a fucking badass moment. Can you imagine for a second? And I know it's it's not going to happen because it's a film. She fucking misses. How do you explain that one away? <laughs> so middle of the day in in the girls' locker room, there's a girl with a fucking knife in her face, like literally just sticking out of her skull. I mean, to be fair, it would seem that Hudson High is the only other school in America besides Sunnydale that has a death count bigger than its actual student body so i'm pretty sure most people would have just gone ah whatever there's no yeah, extreme no, dead girl in the gym but there are um, no guns involved this is america yeah true um but of course she's gonna catch it and yeah, he knows she's gonna catch it because he yeah. knows she's the slayer um yeah but it's a hell of a risk given the fact that you know they're, they're both at this point selling the fact that, that he's wrong it's like, uh, i don't know it, it just made just, me laugh yeah, I, he's I know just he's playing along though, isn't he? Of course, he? he's yeah. humouring it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those. I was like, "Fucking hell!" That's um, it just struck me that yeah, trying to explain, trying to explain that one to the police, why the creepy old man in the girls' locker room stabbed yeah. a girl in the face. I know. Uh, yeah, but you know, we've got eighty minutes and change, so yeah, they shift it on. We get a montage, and she does. She really does change her mind awfully quickly, though, doesn't she? It's just yeah. like, wow, I can punch people really hard. So what yeah, have I got why, to lose? I'll yeah, train why not go and kill vampires? Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's at this point, this time out, where I'm really sat here thinking, you know what? This film really needs more horror. Yeah. It, it really does. Like, we've had none, essentially. Well, yeah, this, like even the fact that you know, you've got people being murdered um, no, and turning up with puncture wounds in their necks and that. The fact that we saw Benny being taken off that wall by, um, ah, fucking hell, Amlin. Um and then we you know we've we've seen vampires rise out of the ground. Even then, you're like, well, this is still a fucking comedy about a cheerleader. There's, there's no suspense. There's no tension. There's no, no drama none whatsoever. And that's where this film really oh, it suffers out. for it. Yeah, yeah, that it should be a comedy horror. Um, it it's advertised as one. The title suggests it's one. The original cover art even suggests it's one. The the cover art on the DVD that you've got, yeah, is the one that makes it look. Like a kind of lost episode of the show, almost. Yes. Which actually, yeah, it's a very sells deep it, red. It's the yeah, gold text. Sells it's, it's it even the... more as a kind of gothic yeah. horror. Yeah, definitely. Uh, whereas the original cover art, um, which is on the one the, I've got, it's the poster, it, isn't it? Yeah, it is the poster, and it's it's much more. It's a comedy. Uh, comedy horror. Yeah, and it's, and then there is another um... one sheet which is um, just a Buffy's torso and, and legs in the in the cheerleading outfit. But again, it's against a kind of a graveyard background, suggesting it's a horror. You know, yeah. 
I mean, so. the, 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 the poster, the, um, the one with, she's holding a stake and Luke Perry sort of hiding behind her, that kind of suggests a sort of, um, like, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, sort of black comedy. It's what first attracted me to the, to the film. I saw it in the video shop. I saw that image. I saw that title. And I was like, okay, it's about cheerleaders and vampires. Yeah. And I'm like a 12-year-old boy. I think I was about 12, yeah. Like, I like both those things. I'm going to watch this. You know, yeah. they they absolutely nailed the tone there and just didn't carry it yeah, through yeah, the film. Yeah, didn't follow it through. And, I mean, it, it, it's become a bit of a, sort of, uh, a thing in itself where you have a, a trailer that doesn't match the film. And even the trailer set, the trailer sets this up as being more of a horror than even the fact that you get, you know, um, Paul Rubin's um, comic death. Even then, it's it's still being sold as a comedy horror, where in fact it's just a fucking teen comedy. Yeah, yeah it they, absolutely they, is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so okay, um, needs more horror. So then, right, here's another thing. Um, Pike's leaving town. Pike's decided he's leaving town because of all the creepy, scary shit that's going on, and he's just seen Benny flying and stuff. So yep. he's aware that something's up. Yep. But he decides to finish his shift first. As you do. Uh, as you do. Like a model employee. Yeah. Um, maybe he needed the cash. Yeah. Finishes his shift. Um, and he, he tries to leave. Um, we, we cut back then to a... Well, I, th- I think... Is it at this point we get... Yes. This point we get the van stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um... No, it's not. That's a bit later on. It's a bit later on. First of all, we get the next scene between Buffy and Merrick, which is... Now, here, you get one of those lines that absolutely... And even now, when I'm about to recite it, I don't hear Christy Swanson saying this line. Um, when they're discussing how she's different, and we get Merrick's backstory, and, and she sort of says to me, you've got to remember that I have something all of those other girls didn't have. My keen fashion sense. Yeah. I, that is a Buffy line. Yeah, you know, there's my girl right there. There she is, you know. Um, and to be fair, Chris Swanson delivers the line perfectly. Yeah, um, it's just I, I can't, even though again, it's not in the show, I can't hear anyone other than Sir Michelle Gellar deliver a line like that in no, my head. That's, that's right. And even when you get the, the really poor payoff later on, oh, don't you know, we'll get to that and get to it. Yeah, I mean, even, even then, it's you, it's the sort of punning that you got from the show all the time. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, like cast and script, for the most part, there are some story issues which we've talked about. Hmm. And there are some unfortunate but cast and script here are generally pretty good. It's just just this it's the production. weird. Yeah. This weird pacing and how bad the action and horror are directed when we do get them. It's just so pedestrian. It really does feel like a low budget TV show. Um, hmm. And it's a shame. Um, it's here that we get the whole van chase sequence, yeah. And we get it, it's a stretch, but we do get another proto character here. This is where, um, this is where Paul Rubens really comes into his own in the film for the first time. And he's he's kind of proto Spike, just yeah, ever so slightly like he's a little bit more 80s rocker than he is punk. But it's lines like when he when he loses the arm and he just looks at it, and it's the delivery of. That was my arm. Kill him yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's yeah, it was, um, like oh, you ruined my new jacket. Kill him a lot. That's it, yeah. Kill him a lot. Yeah. And it's lines like that again that you can just hear coming out of someone else's mouth. Um, you can hear that out of early season two Spike. Yes. You know? um, 
So, yeah, we get the whole chasing the van, which, again, is just so pedestrian in its direction that well, it, yeah. it just loses any kind of sense of excitement or well, anything. There's, there's no pace to it. It's just no. so fucking slow. And, uh, and okay, he's, he's driving amongst trees, so you know he's going to hit a tree. Yeah. And but this is the bit I don't get, right? So you get you get you no know, Paul Rubens is clinging on the front of the van and then he gets up on the roof and he sticks his arm through and then um Pike drives drives under a tree and um uh Amelaine is caught on top, so he loses his arm and the arm is sort of flapping around inside the cabin all the rest of it. Then Pike takes his eyes off the road and plows into a tree frame. What is the fucking point of his guitar flying through the window? Fuck knows. Like what is that? The whole thing of having the guitar. Yes, okay. They, they... Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, doesn't Buffy use the guitar though? Yes, but so the whole thing of him taking the guitar with him. Know, they'd make a big point of that. It, but it's just one of those that it just... it's so she could use it as a stake. Is that it? I mean, sure, sure. If it. you're going out to hunt vampires, you take a fucking stake with you. You don't rely on there being a stick lying around. Well, you'd think so, but I mean, what the f- oh, I just know. again, I was looking at because I had originally thought that he'd come through the windscreen. No, no, no. We see, and then, and then you see the guitar land. Is it? Oh, right, it's the guitar. Fucking. Brilliant. I mean, more, more conveniently though, how yeah. does Buffy just happen to be walking past? Well, yeah, that's right. This is the middle of fucking nowhere in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> and they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And she just happens to do a ridiculous girly run onto screen. Yeah. Uh, right to the out, exact right second. Yeah, out of nowhere. Um, hey ho. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let it go. Um, more Rutger Hauer shit. I mean, God rest his soul. I, I love the guy to bits. He's he's in some of my favorite bad movies if i'm honest yeah. uh, and some of my he, favorite as, really good ones as, as well i say he's in some of my favorite good ones as well the, um, is this the scene where he's playing the violin here. is this the bit where he's playing the violin yes okay correct me if i'm wrong the vi- a violin kind of uses echoes from where the strings are vibrating it uses an echo off the body to make the sound so if you uh, take yeah. the fucking if if you take the sh- the casing off and you have a a violin with no side no just with sides and no cover on it how does it make any noise? Because the, the 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 echo, the, the the vibration off the string isn't reverberating against anything. If a tree falls in the woods, um, if <laughs> if that's oh. your biggest problem with this film, oh, you know me, I, you know me, I'm I'm mainly retentive about details. If that's your biggest problem, uh, it's not my biggest problem. It's just one of my problems. It's again logic. I kind of need it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing about the music and when the music stops as well, which is never explained. Um, no. It's Merrick's yeah, dying words, you know, when yeah. the music stops, that's your opportunity. Like, it, it's bollocks, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, um, write ourselves out of a hole. Yeah. Or, or in this case, the actors put us in a hole, we need to do something. I think it's more, as you say, um, we've butchered the script so much that it no longer makes any sense. Well, yeah. Let's just run with it. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've got a quote, a quote in front of me from Joss um, talking about the um, the origin comic. Um, and he's saying, um, I've got issues with it, but it's pretty much canonical. Um, they did a good job of combining the movie script uh, with the series um, and using the series Merrick and not a certain other thespian remains hated. And yeah, you just get the impression that everyth- everything that kind of goes bad with the Merrick character is because he made it up on the fucking spot and he didn't know what he was doing. And that, I mean, that whole thing of the music stopping, it's its a nice sentiment, but it doesn't come from anywhere. No, and it's actually, the... now that you say that, it does feel like something an actor would do. Oh, it's its, it's arty bullshit. Yes, it is. It is. Um, 
Yeah, pretty fucking bad. Uh, yeah, incidentally, uh, I haven't touched on that either. They do use this series depiction of Merrick. I mean, you only see him for uh, some very brief scenes in, in the show, but he's a, a much larger, he's quite a heavy set guy. Uh, with he's a big burly guy with a with a mustache um that's that's how he's depicted uh buffy is drawn as sarah michelle geller not as christy swanson you know it, it does very much take this story and canonically put it uh into the buffy verse so you yeah. get the real story of how she burned down the gym and stuff like that um, yeah i was going to come to that when we get to doesn't we get really to the end, happen uh, here well it doesn't happen um, at all um yeah. Uh, oh, but going, but it does in the comic. She does yeah. subsequently end up burning the gym down uh, because she sets Lotus on fire with the fucking hairspray. Um, yeah. Uh, so we yeah. So we we get that pretty bad action scene again, uh, and then we get the payoff from the ass earlier on. We get got to get some, and she fucking floors him. There's my Buffy right yes. there. That's what she should have done immediately. Yeah. Um, and then we get the basketball scene. Um, probably one of the best action scenes in the in the film, if you can call it an action scene. Well, not probably. It is. It's the best yeah, action yeah. scene and probably the best horror scene as well. They they get the tone right in this scene. Yes, it's ripped off from Teen Wolf. Yes. Um, exactly. But they get the tone right here. And it features both Oscar winners Hilary Swank and Ben Affleck. Yeah, now I'm going to post, um, when we put this episode up, I, in the post, I'm going to put the uh, the screenshot I sent you yesterday, because that's Affleck's cum face. <laughs> I know the face you mean. <laughs> Without Affleck. even looking at the screenshot you sent me, I know the face you mean. Yeah. Yeah, um, it yeah it was it was one of those, and so I I may have, well, I would have clocked it when I watched it, like in 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> and not the cum face, just the fact it was Affleck. And I was watching it yesterday, and I was, it was one of those, it'd been on for about an hour, and I was sort of starting to switch off a little bit. And I was like, fuck, was that Affleck? And I had to wind it back and watch it again. I was like, yeah, definitely. And then I was looking on, I, I, I was looking on the credits for him later on. I was like, well, was it in? Because he ain't fucking on there. Um, yeah, was, oh, ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that was that was uh, quite uh, quite amusing. Um, as I said, no, we, also we mentioned Hilary Swank in there, which she has a fairly sizable part in this film, um, although she is fucking useless. Her character is fucking useless, um, as most of the supporting cast are, actually, incidentally. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it, totally. And, and again, that's a big part of why the heart is, is missing from this script hmm. in the show. Um, the, there isn't a rounded support cast. No, it's, absolutely not. The, the, I, and that would that much of a rounded lead to be honest no I, mean, I was going to say that would be fine away. if yeah if buffy herself was rounded and if she had a a mission um that, that could carry us through you know see any indiana jones film you like yeah. basically um but that's not the case here there is no through line there is no, you know it, so you you have these supporting characters reduced to essentially comic relief at times and cannon fodder yeah. um but they're not in service of anything. No, that's mm. right. And if if anything, they just serve to step on Paul Rubens, who is the actual comic relief. Yeah, uh, and does a very good job of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it's this point really, you know, we're we're some fifty minutes in here. Um, I have no idea what anyone wants. No, none apart not from Mary who wants to train Buffy for because he thinks he's got it. His destiny. That's what he does. Um, so, but you know. This scene goes really well right until, again, the end. Um, 
Buffy facing down the vamp on the court again is pretty good. You know, going in with the sweep and stuff, that's all good. Yeah. It's when she starts running out of the door like a choo-choo train, yeah. stops mid-run, turns 90 degrees towards Merrick and shouts, he knows who I am, and then turns 90 degrees again and carries on steaming out the door. Yeah. That you go, I, come on, I could have handled that better than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd overlooked the whole thing of, you know, once they know, you know, once it knows your name and all the rest of it, I was, I'd, I'd completely glossed over that. Because it never goes anywhere. Yeah. So it's not important. And it's just like, oh, yeah, he knows who you are. And that matters why. Oh, yeah, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, um, and I just kind of glossed over it. I've got to be honest. It didn't, as I said, it didn't go anywhere. I didn't mean it then. No, it doesn't. If again, if Lothus was able to call to her by by knowing her name, you know, yeah. if, if he could extend his thrall that way. Well, that's um, um, and see if you look at the um, the season five opener with Dracula, for example. Yes. Yeah. No, that's exactly how it works. But here, there's this fucking mythic connection based on she looks at him at some point. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's fucking bollocks. Yeah, uh, so she steals a bike. Um, yeah, robs robs a gang of Hell's Angels and steals a bike. Gets called um, an ugly dyke for doing so. Yeah, that's uh, not toxic at all. No, not at all. Um, but she steals the bike. <laughs> Pike, it, it just happens to ride past Pike, who's now leaving town again. <laughs> but this time on a motorbike. Yeah, he was he was going, then he was staying, now he's going again. Yeah. Um, but this time on a on a scrambler, um, so he chases after it. They for some reason run to like a carnival. Yeah, again, didn't I, get this because I thought he was in like a theater or an old church yeah, or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe like, maybe they thought it looked cool. I guess. I don't um, know. It's, it's kind of atmospheric, I guess, but oh, I don't know. Just a bit fucking weird. It would be if the horror was handled better. Yeah. Um, we get the first showdown between them. Buffy gets caught in Lothar's thrall, sort of. Yeah. Um Howard chews dialogue very badly. Um, Maybe that's Merrick, where in the carnivals you had something to chew on. Yeah. Merrick bites it, bites it here. Um, yeah. And we get his whole death scene. Um you know, but but again, like, why here? Why Buffy? Why does he intervene here? Why is he like, no, not this one? And yeah, she's not ready. Well, surely that's more incentive to fucking kill her. Yeah, and why the whole, you know, when the music stops? Yeah, fuck knows. Well, only good thing in this scene is again Paul Rubens when they're leaving. So what? We don't get to eat. Paul Rubens is good in every single scene he's in. Yes, so he is. He's, um, uh, like I said, aside from Pike, who is the best thing about this film. Yeah. Um, and again, clearly the hero, like he's the only one that really has any sway over events here. Um, mm. He saw like, he's in this to get the girl. Yeah. Now, look, however misguided that may be as a motivation. That's, it's a journey which nobody else, nobody else would have fucking planned. It's plan. a journey, right? His best friend's been turned into a vampire and he's met an attractive girl who showed some interest in him. He yeah. has a couple of things going on. He has reasons yeah. to get involved and and does actively. Like when Buffy drives past him on her bike or rides past him, he's like, no, fuck this. I'm going after her. Like, yeah. he's a hero. Buffy's just kind of reacting in this film. Yeah. She just kind of reacts to the fact that there are vampires around her. Yeah. Um, you know, she doesn't she doesn't actively seek them out. Even in the final scene, they come to her. She doesn't go to them. Well, no, she she's too no, she's too busy having her high school experience and going to 
the final dance of their senior year, apart from all the others that get reeled off later on. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just one of those again. Like I, I get, and we had it in the show as well. Like, you get the trying to balance the sort of the normal life and all the rest of it, but this is a point where your mentor and you no, know, pretty much only friend at this point has just been murdered, and yeah. like you're going to go to the dance because you're just going to give up and go to the dance. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense, does it? And I mean, I got really um, annoyed as well because in one of the next scenes where um, you see the two, her and Pike together, Pike's on his motorbike and she's going shopping and they're fucking dressed the same. Yeah, I mean, there's also, after this scene now, she saved... Bear in mind, they started off hating each other. Yeah. She saved his life once. Yeah. He's followed her. All of a sudden now, when they get back to her house, like, they're, they're going to bone. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Like, there's real tension. And it's like, well, I mean, I get it, because, like I said, the dude's magnetic. But but again, it's not earned. And we where's talk, this but, come from? Yeah. yeah we, we talk this all the time on um, Game of Moments, that we have things that things that take forever and then don't materialize. And then we get other things which aren't earned, but happen immediately. And this is one of those where I said there's been no, no, we've had a bit of tension, but nothing to suggest anything's going to happen because they don't actually appear to you know, speak. No. They, but all of, a, no, all of a sudden, yeah, they're ready to fuck. Yeah. Um, so we get that. And then, yeah, she goes shopping to go to the dance, finds out that um, she thinks she's going to meet her boyfriend there, who we've kind of forgotten about by this point, really. Yeah. He's gone with someone else because apparently she's been so distant, even though she's only, we've only actually seen her go out on patrol, I guess, is how she found Pike once. Um, yeah, and, we, and we've had the scene as well where by um, the, her, her clicker, you know, they're, they're getting all the stuff ready for the dance and they think it's not... They have they the argument having, about it. Yeah, yeah, they have the argument the fact that you know, she th- they think she's having an affair and she's like, well, do you think, is, it, you know, nothing, is there anything bigger in life you know, than just high school? And they're just like, no, fuck you. And so, yes, yeah, so we have all this and she's completely, she's isolated, she's alone, she wants, no, she... Then you know, she wants to get things back on track, so she goes shopping because that's what Buffy does. Because Buffy's, you know, she's a vacuous teenager and all the rest of it. Um, but we know that's not going to, not how it's going to play out. So it's at this point, it's just like, well, just fucking get on with it already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Benny, of course, then overhears. Yeah. Her talking to Pike about slaying vampires. Yeah. Um, because Pike actually wants to fucking do something about this whole situation. Yeah. And is acting like a hero. Yeah. Whereas she's just acting whereas like an entitled little not. brat. Yeah. Um, so, because Benny runs off then to tell Proto Master, um, yep. uh, and then so then we get to the dance scene itself. Um, obviously, she's she's on her own. She's been stood up. She's trying to sort of mingle in and pretend like nothing's going on. And then out of nowhere, I, clearly, by the way, nine or two and I was started back filming by this point. Um, yes, <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> because Luke Perry looks completely different. Yes, um, he's his, sort of, his hair's all quaffed and he's, he's they uh, sort of hand wave it because he's dressed up to go to the dance. So I, I, I allow it. Um, well, yeah, but it, but it's clearly on you, whereby he's having a shave and his yeah. hair's different, and you're like, yeah, somebody's got somebody's day job. Is oh, back. it clearly is the the shaving scene has clearly been dropped in there because he's had to shave for nine yeah. two one zero. Yes, it's clearly a pickup. That <laughs> it's, it's got, oh, hang on. All of a sudden, his beard's vanished and his hair is different. What's going on yeah. here? Um, look, I'll allow it for two reasons one, because he's going to the prom, and two, because when he walks through that door, he is every inch a fucking leading man. Oh, and definitely. It is absolutely the moment that you want 
from this film at this point unfortunately it hasn't been earned as we said because yeah. there's been no build up to them but you know in the traditional teen rom-com mold this is prince charming coming to the ball uh, and he does an excellent job of that yeah um so of course vampires crash the party yes. overacting like fuck unsurprisingly when they're in the doorway and there's the one vamp right at the back the tallest one the girl right at the back mm. who just mimes eating people out for the entire <laughs> every time they cut to her <laughs> she just mimes like she's eating someone out for no yeah i don't know why <laughs> again it, it, it's it's one of those as well where you look at it and you kind of look at not just buffy law but vampire law in general the whole thing if they can't come in unless they're invited a school is a fucking public place, so they can come in. They wouldn't be stuck outside the the doors and the windows trying to grab people that, as they come through. That's addressed in the show. That is a, that is a thing that is addressed in yes, the... Yes, um, enter all you seek knowledge or whatever yep. it is, isn't that? Yep. But, I mean, yeah, they're public places. It's like a fucking shopping mall. They can go in because it's a public school. But it doesn't matter anyway because they're invited because they're seniors. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So, so, so I got another phenomenal line from Hillary Swank. Yeah. Academy um, Award winner Hillary Swank. Yeah. Um... So, so yeah, they invade the dance. At, at which point, um, and I can't help but make the comparison, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's I, I guess, I don't, this can't have come from Joss, but it must be in the script, because we get the white prom dress and leather jacket combo. Yes. We get the prophecy girl look. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm biased, but Sarah Michelle Gellar wore it a hell of a lot better than Christy Swanson does. Yeah. Uh, you know, but... Uh, Nevertheless, as soon as that combo goes on again, there's just that little moment of, well, well, there she is. That's yeah. that's the closest thing, aside from maybe the red leather pants that that Buffy has to like a superhero outfit. Like the prophecy yeah. girl dress is pretty much it. The dress and the leather jacket, you know, that is that is the Buffy look. Um, she does it pretty well, I guess. Um, goes on the hunt, and again, another one of those lines. She she obviously has to face off with Paul Rubens first mm. before she can get to Lothos. And just another one of those lines that, that needs to come out of Sarah Michelle Gellar's mouth and always does is where he's, he's saying, you know, I'm invincible. I can do anything. I can yeah. live forever. She just goes, oh, yeah, clap. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, that floored me at that point. Just slays me every time. Her yeah. delivery is perfect. Yeah, that floored me because at, th at this point, I was, get I was getting ready to give up. I was like, you know what? I've seen enough of it. I can do this. Um, to do this podcast, I'm, I'm over it. I'm kind of done, and then that line just floored me to a point where I was, I was just waiting for the next one. I, I mean, this is again; these are clearly Joss lines. That is clearly yeah. a Buffy line. Um, Absolutely, and, and this is the sort of thing that Sarah Michelle Gellar delivering it, not Christy Swanson. Yeah, and I, I think this is the type of thing that they, I, mean, I, was, I was saying earlier on this um, talk that um, the the studio um, watered down a lot of the gags. They thought they were too dark. That's the type of thing where you can just about get away with because it's it's that's pretty. When you think about it, that is actually pretty callous and pretty dark. Oh yeah, but totally. it's but it's just it's just random enough and just obscure enough that you could go, oh yeah, okay, that's funny. We'll allow that. Um, so yeah, it, it's got Josh written all over. It. And if you look at you know stuff he's done since um, Buffy, you know, um, you know, you look at the Avengers um, films that he did and the the opening couple of episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's some very clear Joss jokes in there as well. And it's that type of thing where it just comes from nothing. And on its own, it's pretty fucking weak, to be honest. But just given the delivery and given the timing of it, it absolutely floors you. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's another 
great line. Similarly, again, and I, I don't know, but I, it sounds like a Joss line to me uh, between Benny and Pike as well. With, with this sort of having their little scuffle, and he's just like, "Live forever, man. We'll start a band." Um, and yeah. just the dialogue really pops in this yeah. scene. Uh, unfortunately, the action doesn't. No, that's right. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's a shame. And I said again, I. But the first time I saw this, um, I'd already seen the show. Um, I'd seen the entire of the show, entirety of the show. So I, no, I was expecting certain things. Um, so we're in this scene at the gym, and you're expecting at this point, you're expecting fire because Buffy burned down because the gym. Buffy burned down the gym, and that's one of the things you get in the very first episode with Principal Flutie uh, is that you know she burned down the gym because it was full of asbestos, apparently. Vampires. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's you no, know, it, it's that you start expecting these sorts of things because you no, know, they are almost canon. And again, it's something that was taken out of the script, and you've got to wonder whether it's taken out because they didn't want to give kids ideas because you know kids are stupid apparently. Um, but yeah, it's it was one of those that you come into, and then you just get you know, the comic side of it, whereby you know the kids are being pulled out of the window, and the principals go around giving detention slips, and you're like, okay, we were in the middle of a really fucking tense scene, whereby you know, she's about she's facing off with not the master. And yeah, what's going on? Why why are we back here again? Yeah, again, the, the balance is all wrong, and I think it would work better had the the comedy and horror been balanced better earlier on. Um, and were there more tension? You know, we talk on the other show on, on Game of Thrones quite a lot about tension and release. And if there was more tension involved in in the showdown with Lothos, yeah. um, then we would need this comic relief upstairs and it would work. Um, but it, again, it all just kind of falls flat. But again, it's not the script's fault and it's not the cast's fault because they are hitting some absolute stonking lines here. Like they are hitting them out of the park. Um, Live Forever will start a band. I can do anything. Clap. Yeah. You know, just excellent, excellent stuff. And then the cherry on the fucking cake after Clap is, you know, Paul Rubens gets staked. Yeah. And just takes forever to die. Um, and, and you know, the thing about the vamps not exploding into dust, I, I didn't bring it up when we talked about it, but I give the whole thing a pass just because it gets you this scene. Yeah. It just gets you him down on his knees, clutching the stake with one hand, and going, kicking the walls. And, ah! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you're just waiting for something to happen. It's great. It's yeah. so funny. Um, and you know you even so, get so it over where, end credits as well. Yeah, so you get a code for you. Get for, um, you get the impression it was ad libbed. Oh, I, I I think it almost certainly was. Um, I mean, like you you got somebody like Paul Rubens, you just you let him go. You know, well, that's that's, uh, that's that's the opposite to Donald Sutherland adding adding whatever fucking layers of bullshit he's adding. Well, that's, yeah, you've that's, got somebody uh, that can just take what you've got and elevate it there with with physicality. Um, and with their timing, you just you let him go, you know. Um, yeah. So you get that. Um, now we cut back to Pike briefly fighting with Benny and the vamps up top. Um, where did Pike get holy water all of a sudden? I don't know. Because Pike has a fucking hip flat. Now the hip flat. Unless he's been fine. drinking the entire fucking time. This is the thing because we always see him drink from the hip flask, so that's okay. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So it's one of two things. Either he's drinking holy water, or in this particular universe, alcohol is just as effective when you throw it in the face of a vampire. Or they just made that up on the... Well, I don't think they made it up on the spot, because we always see him drink from the hip flask. It's been seeded. I think there's a scene somewhere that is no longer in this film, whether it wasn't shot or whether it ended up on the floor, where they they tootle up. Because you don't get a tootling up scene. 
I said there must be one because he turns up with a bag. With a bag, yeah, with stuff. a bag full of steaks and holy water and all sorts. Yeah. yeah. So why do we not see that? Fuck knows. <sighs> poor, poor stuff. Um, so yeah, all of a sudden he gets holy water. Um, right. So we get to the final. Well, what we think is going to be the final showdown. It's not quite. Um, but you know, Lothos has got Buffy in his thrall again, and all of a sudden she can just snap out of it. Yeah. Because the music stopped or whatever it is. Obviously. It's never really explained. I choose to think that she snaps out of it because she was never really in it. Just like, again, this moment is more or less entirely played at the end of season one of Buffy without the violin. Mm. You get the master trying to thrall her and, and Sarah Michelle Gellar just acting it for a minute and then going, huh, you have fruit punch mouth and clocking him. Yeah. Um, and they almost play it here. They, they do. And I mean, you get it again. I mean, yeah, you get the the, the drag. No, the the drag wrap sort of do it as well. You, the thing with the ribbon and putting the ribbon around her neck um, to to cover the bite marks and stuff. But there's there's some imagery that will keep coming up in in the show, um, and it and no, again with him the thrall and stuff like that. And it's it's one of those you're like, well, I've kind of seen this before, and it just it's done so much better in the show. Um, it's, yeah, it's because it's, it's frustrating. Handled, handled by the best person to handle it simple well, as yeah. that um or group of people you know yeah. not every episode is directed by joss yeah. as it goes but obviously he's got control yeah well, um, it's, it's the best group of people and marty noxon unfortunately but oh let's not go there how long have we got and look i've been so nice about female <laughs> empowerment and stuff on this episode i've even danced around the whole joss thing i haven't even got into the noxon of it all I'm my blood. Whoa, right back. I told you not to do things like that, didn't I? At the start of the episode, I'm going to back away from the microphone, center myself. Let's not talk about Marty Noxon, okay? Yeah, okay. Uh, and this is my issues with Marty Noxon have nothing to do about whether her alleged affair with Joss Whedon did or didn't happen, and whether she was or wasn't the best person for the job. She's just fucking ruined my favorite show um moving on um so we we get this showdown she breaks out of the thrall um she sets rutger hauer on fire with her hairspray and we get the repetition of how her most you know her best asset is her killer fashion sense great yeah. great line great callback great repetition terrible fucking effects and also rutger hauer does not play being set on fire no at all like no. he, he fucking hulk hogan's this thing like yeah there is no i was gonna, I was gonna say whatsoever. it was it was an awful awful effect which okay it was the early 90s but it was early 90s they knew what fire looked like then um and yeah he just doesn't fucking sell this at all he's practically tap dancing at this point uh yeah. you just oh for fuck's sake so yeah so then she runs away go back into the gym um and then he just I mean, also on, on top of all of that though if she mm. like you get the repetition of that line right it's yeah. a big moment how what fucking director in their right mind doesn't give her a close-up for that yeah like it's, it's a really awkward shot actually it's she's terrible because she's halfway up the stairs isn't she at this yeah. point and she yeah. needs to deliver that line in close-up uh, yeah like, like I, I don't understand how that isn't delivered in close-up. No, that seems fairly obvious to me. And anyway. that's me who doesn't direct, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah anyway. It's course... a very odd, very odd choice of shot, that one. Yeah. Uh, she goes back up to the gym. Of course, Lothos survives. And all of a sudden, starts channeling Freddy Krueger. Yeah. 
I just keeps referring to her as little bitch. Well, yeah, it's 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 got very fucking Nightmare on Elm Street all of a sudden. It has, and again, it's one of those that he's. It's it's like they've gone. Oh shit! Um, character's gone now. We need to just do something a bit different. So all of a sudden, he's you know he's been very polite, very gentlemanly, very tr- classical, very traditional, and then as soon as she spurns him, he turns into a fucking redneck. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you can't do that to me, bitch. I said, well, hang on, where's that come from? And yeah, I mean, I'd forgotten about it. It happens in that scene before, just before she's no, when she breaks out of his thrall and just before she sets him on fire. And then again, when they get into the gym, and he, you know, it's like, hang on, why are you not calling her a bitch just because you're impotent? Yeah, it's, and it's... There, there, is, there is very much a sense of impotent rage about this this whole sequence, actually. Um, but yeah, it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, no, it's not necessary. This whole sequence is unnecessary. She could have just set him on fire with the hairspray and be done with it. It would have been a better ending. It would have, but I mean, I, th- I think I mean the whole thing of burning down the gym. I think you could have had that. So have her get away from no, from his thrall. Have her have her escape entirely. Use the fucking use that use the hairspray to set, set him on fire. You get the you get the joke with it as well because she said no. She's repeating what she said earlier on. He then flails around a little bit, starts setting the fucking curtains on fire and all the rest of it. Hence you get the gym burning down and blah 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 blah. Job done. But no, instead of that, you just get this fucking stupid sword fight. Yeah, um, which is bad because the action in this film is bad. Yeah, um, and it just sort of stumbles towards an end well yeah that's it it's, it's kind of like they, they didn't know how to it's like there was an ending but we didn't like that because we didn't want to burn down the gym well, so we didn't know what to do instead I mean there is no real ending because there's been no real story so instead we just well, yeah. get Buff and Pike riding off on his motorbike in a classic kind of teen movie cliched ending um, yeah. but it, it doesn't mean anything we don't no. know if she's going to fight more vampires we don't know if it's insinuated I guess that they're running away together um, just doesn't really go no. anywhere. We we have missed one of my favorite things out of this final sequence, actually, which we glossed over, and I can't believe I didn't make notes on, but oh. I thought about because we'd be talking on the music. Um, total scene stealing moment. The the vampire DJ yes. is hilarious. Yeah, the way he just kills the DJ and then suddenly starts feeling the beat and just yeah. twitching. It's yeah, that was hilarious. hilarious. Cracks me up every time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it just kind of trundles to an end. Um, it's it's a weird film, isn't it? It, it is, and it's it's one of those that I mean, I, I'm I'm not to the same degree that you are, but I mean, I, I'm I'm a massive fan of the show. And watching this, it, this this was always going to be hard pressed to be worse than some of the shite we've watched on for this show uh, previously. Um, and yes, there are problems. We've talked at length for the last of you know, over an hour and a half. Uh, about some of the problems, but we've talked for longer than the film now. Yeah, I mean, I, again, we talked about the perfect film length. This fucking bang is bang on. It's it's eighty six minutes. Yep. Um. So I mean, we've we've talked about this at length, and yes, there are problems with it. Yes, there are some fucking stupid bits in it, but it's not a bad film. It's it's a product of its time for sure. Um, mm-hmm. it's confused in what it wants to be, mm-hmm. whether it wants to be a teen horror or a teen comedy or somewhere in the middle. It doesn't. It just doesn't fit anywhere. Um, but it's one of those that it's I don't know for for me it's it's it was always going to be hard pressed to not like it and to not find positives in it, um, and yeah there there the the bits I enjoyed as so I having watched it back yesterday for the first time in fifteen years is that 
I was watching it and thinking, yeah, that's a Joss line. That, no, that that's that's a that's a line that could have been in the show. I can I can hear Sarah Michelle Gellar delivering that line. I can no, I can I can I can hear Xander giving that line. I can, no, I can hear I can see the master in this. I can see Giles in that. So that was quite interesting for me and seeing what's almost the genesis of some of these characters coming through. Um, and yeah, I thought that was, that was really interesting. And then on the back of that, it's an entertaining film. It's not, you know, it was never going to win Best Picture or anything like that, but you know, it has another caliber for it. It has uh, Affleck and Swank in it. Um, but, you know, it's it's a passable film. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an entertaining hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean... But it's also a fucking mess. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, this film's a lot for me. Uh, there's there's a lot for me to unpack here. Um, so I'll try and be brief. But I came to this film first before there was such a thing as a Buffy TV show. So on top of, you know, this, this being connected to what is unquestionably um, the the biggest thing i've ever been a fan of in my life like for all we we talk about on the other shows you know how how i've always been into batman and how i'm a big disney nerd all of that pales in comparison to to my love of buffy like not to put too fine a point on it there is it is unquestionably a part of who i am uh, it is in my makeup that i am a fan of this show um but this film came first so I can detach it from the show slightly and I do actually have a nostalgic connection to this film because I enjoyed it so much as a preteen who didn't know any better simple as that you know and and that that's where you know I I think we do this show because we we have a slightly perverse love of bad movies both of us you know and we we bonded over them haven't we you know that that was a thing that we did when we edited we watched we watched bad movies and that came from being a video shop kid um and this is one of those films that I would continually get out of the video shop and continually watch because I didn't know any better. I found it funny. I found it entertaining. There was a hot girl in it. There were vampires in it. There was a cool guy in it. It had everything that I could have possibly wanted out of it. And as much as as an adult, I can watch it and see the problems in it. And they are legion. And we have talked about them tonight. You know, I, like you said, I find it much easier to find the good and I'm aware that I probably give this a pass on some things that I might spend two hours ranting about if this were Battlefield Earth or something else. Um, but I can't, I just can't change that. There's something inherent in me where this franchise is concerned mm. um, that I will, I am biased. I, I will willingly admit that I've tried to be as balanced as I can here and there definitely are issues and we've called them out and some of them are horrendous like I say that there is a complete almost complete lack of story here this is a concept and nothing else and there's no excuse for that you know this is give or take about the same length as the pilot of the tv show if you take you know welcome to the hellmouth and the harvest back to back yeah this is give or take the same length uh and that is pound for pound, like a million percent better than this film is. Yeah. A million percent and corrects all of its mistakes. Um, so taken as a blueprint, as a rough cut, 
um you know i like breaking out every once in a while and just see it for the same you know the same kind of almost again almost perverse joy i get out of watching the unaid pilot every now and again i've got that on vhs upstairs sadly my vhs player is broke now but until it gave up the ghost i dig that out every once in a while and watch the unaid pilot and that's shite to be, to be frank <laughs> it's but, not the best is it <laughs> no but you know it's nice to see where else that could go and for the same reason that if this reboot ever gets off the ground i'll mm. i'll give it the time of day for the same reason i read the boom studios reboot for a little while in the comics i've since mm. dropped off that because as it transpires that's a step too far for me um yeah, but I this mean, is i've got to, i've got to be honest with it i mean some of the extended universe stuff i've not read a lot of the comics um i did read um fray when joss whedon released that which I thought was uh, was a really interesting piece. And then there's a, a novel came out, I think it was last year, um, called Slayer, which um, has been... It's in white. There's a, the sequel dropped last month. Oh, did it? I've not, yeah, I've not read that. Um, um, I'm about two-thirds of the way through. Thus far, it's better than... Okay. Was, Slayer was good. I, was, um, I, was, I enjoyed Slayer. I, th- I thought Slayer was very good, and I thought that that was something that had some interesting ideas in it and i mean we're not going to start doing a book club because fuck i've got to, i've got time to watch stuff let alone read um but yeah i thought there were some interesting ideas in that and i think that without the without where this whole thing came from which is this film i think a lot of that would kind of be glossed over and you wouldn't you wouldn't really have it and even, even... oh that owes masses to this film <laughs> yeah without um, without spoiling so... the, the story of, of yeah slayer um... yeah so i mean it's it's one of those you think well there, there is a lot of merit in this. Even like people regard this as being a bad movie, and a lot of that is down to the the baggage they have with the TV show. The TV I show. Think, oh, I, I think you're right, but I also think people regard this in being. I, I do think this falls on the side in most people's conscience of being a good bad movie, not a bad bad yeah. movie. Yeah. I think yeah. it's fair to say that you know this isn't again this isn't fucking um, Battlefield Earth, for instance. Yeah. You know, this this comes down on the side of yeah, it's really fucking it's, bad and cheesy. Yes, it's, but... it's so bad, it's good. Yes, definitely. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, mean, I think that people sometimes unfairly judge this. Um, I, I've I've caught people in in some of this before, whereby you talk and they say, oh yeah, it's shit. Well, what shit about it? Well, it's just shit. And you get to a point where they haven't actually seen it; they've just heard it's shit and gone, oh well, yeah, that's my opinion too. And I mean, certainly nowadays with the internet, that's just kind of prevalent that you don't have to have your own opinion. You can just use somebody else's and not base it on anything other than the fact that somebody else has said it. Um, so, I mean, I I really enjoyed this film. I mean, we'll, I'll, I'll ask you the only important question in a second, which isn't how uh, how funky is your chicken. But um, it's for me, it's a decent film in itself, and it it suffers because of what came after it, because what came after it was so good. Um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed rewatching this, and I probably will go back to it slightly more often than every fifteen years going forward. It is. Let's make no bones about this, right? We, we, yeah, we'll do the question in a minute. Um, it is a bad film. There are massive problems with it, but it is so bad it's good. It never outstays its welcome. Mm. There are moments of brilliance. There's no other word for it. There, the, the dialogue and the performances at times just shine. Yeah. There are there are moments of what is to come in this, mm. um, and it is for and I, and I challenge again as always. If you disagree, 
let us know right but even with that title even if you've never seen it and because that title's put you off or you've never seen it because it's bad if you didn't know what this was you, you were flicking around channels and you landed on this i challenge you not to watch this all the way to the end because for all it is it is fucking entertaining and it is yeah. a good time yeah definitely it is a fucking good time and you know i'll take that to be honest yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so I, I don't think I need to ask because we've covered it at length. But um, is this film better than Super Mario Bros? Yeah, I mean that's that's a moot question. That yeah, was moot before before we even started doing the yeah, show, that was, that was two hours ago. I I, I talked last episode about how many times I've rewatched Suicide Squad uh, and what have you. Um, I don't think there is a film that we will watch over the course of of this show. Um that I will have seen or will see as many times as this. I think for whether it's bad or good, there are very few films in existence that I think I have seen or will see as many times as this. So is it better than Mario Brothers for me? Yes, absolutely. Uh, no shadow of a doubt. Is it the best film we've watched on this podcast? No, fuck no. no. Not by a long joke. <laughs> Nowhere near it. Um, <laughs> But it is, you know, putting all of my baggage aside, because as I say, when I first watched it, I didn't have that baggage. Yeah. Putting all of my baggage aside, um, it's just fucking fun. And it's 80 minutes and change. It, it doesn't ask you to do anything. It's not taxing. Mm. You can just disengage your brain for 80 minutes. Yeah. And oh, I've got to say as well, we forgot to talk about the, um, the over credits sequence. Yes. It's just fucking genius because it's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it really is. Um, and interestingly, again, does dovetail into the show. Um, does it, some of the stuff that's mentioned in these news reports yeah. makes its makes its way into early seasons of the show when people yeah, are trying to hack gangs and drugs, and... gangs on PCP and what yeah. have you. Um, Although my my favorite one is with her non boyfriend and the friend who's then fucking him in the car, where she breaks down on on the news and he's trying to be all yeah I heard something and uh, we were nearby. And she just presented, I can't believe I let you do that to me and run off. <laughs> and that's that's what I mean. It's moments like that where for yeah. every for every second Rutger Hauer's on screen hamming it up and it's painful. Yeah. There is there is a moment like that, or there is, you know, there is a oh yeah, clap. You know, yeah. there's or poor Rupert is not dying. Yeah, there are moments of absolute brilliance. Yeah. Um and and you know, We'll never really know because we weren't there. We'll only know what we read about subsequently. But whether those are the the moments of sheer brilliance that's left over from Joss or whether those are someone else's is inconsequential. Yeah, because I mean, they are it led hilarious. to what it led to. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, for so, me, it's yeah. the same. I, I came out of the other side. I had the baggage before I saw the film. And for me, it didn't detract. I mean, the film wasn't, no, it, it didn't um, negate anything I'd seen or how I felt about anything. Um, and yeah, infinitely better than, than Mario Brothers. Um, if you disagree with that, listeners, um, you're gonna have I a hard time selling dare it. Dare you? I, I <laughs> dare you. I double dog the dare you. I, I, yeah, I triple dog dare you to bring <laughs> shit about this one to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, as, as always, um, if you do disagree with us or you want to have a chat with us, um, let's have it. Um, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Uh, you can go to our web- website, ddpodcast.net, uh, where you can get previous episodes of this show, our other shows, um, 
but yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you think. You'll have a hard time convincing us that we're wrong on I, this I, one. I, I, I have a go, harder seriously. time if you're going to come as a Noxon apologist. Like, don't be bringing me. I, I stand by my comments on Marty Noxon, however brief they may have been. So <laughs> yeah, I don't care if I upset any Noxon fans out there. Like, although if we do upset, uh, do upset Marty Noxon, um, don't sue us because we've got fuck all to sue us for. Hey, look, since Noxon's gone on to some big fucking things since she she big news now, so she must have done something right. Um, yeah, I just don't want to know just, what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that with barge pole. <laughs> yeah, that's not what she said. No. Um, but on that note, um, yeah, on that note, until next time. See you later.